Welcome to In Broad Daylight. Your host, Adam Todd Brown. On this episode, the Albuquerque Police and Immigration Enforcement. Hey, America and other countries, I suppose. Welcome to In Broad Daylight. I am Adam Todd Brown. I am the host. This is my solo podcast that I do every week. It's a podcast about Donald Trump news. And a little more specifically, it's a podcast about Donald Trump news that isn't getting the attention it deserves. Because you can go pretty much anywhere for Donald Trump news now, and for good reason. He's uh, wrecking our country more and more every day. So that's a thing people want to keep up with. But the problem is there's so much that it's hard to keep up with all of it. So me being the hero that I am, instead of chasing the hottest take on the headline that everyone's talking about, I'm just going to pick my own lane and talk about Trump news that no one else is talking about. Or that people are talking about, but not talking about in the way I'm talking about it. I'm really goddamn rambling here, which is... A shame, because I'm expecting this to be a shorter episode than usual, at least shorter than the last two, and that is not going to happen if I don't shut the fuck up. So what we're talking about, we, me and the people that live in my head, none of them voted for Trump either, by the way, but what we're talking about today is Trump's plans to hire 10,000 new immigration and customs enforcement agents and 5,000 new Border Patrol agents. That, obviously, is a thing you've heard something about, but there are a lot of details to it that aren't really getting discussed. And before I even talk about it, I want to start by talking about something else. Albuquerque, New Mexico, my favorite, favorite place to eat enchiladas at a breakfast buffet. Beyond that, it's kind of a nightmare. I, I don't think they ever really recovered from the the recession that racked this nation. And that's not a joke. I, I legitimately don't think they did. Crime is a, a definite problem there. All the fucking buildings are the same color. That's a bummer. But worst of all, the police in Albuquerque, in every manner of speaking, statistically and whatever else, you want to take into account, although I'm not sure what else matters. They are one of the most violent police forces in the nation, maybe the most violent. In 2012, the Department of Justice opened an investigation, and they released the findings of that investigation in 2015. If you want to read the results for yourself, you can go to krqe.com slash doj slash apd slash... And you'll find it there. What they found is that the Albuquerque Police Department engaged in a pattern or practice of unconstitutional use of deadly force. They shot civilians who did not pose an imminent threat or serious bodily harm or death to other officers. They also found that APD engages in a pattern or practice of unconstitutional use of less lethal force. So they go both ways. And they found that systemic deficiencies caused or contributed to the use of the excessive force. 
And you can read, there's a ton of bullet points under each of those things at that website that you can read. Most interestingly, there, there's another set of facts. The, this investigation only ran over the course of 17 months. And over just those 17 months, the Albuquerque Police Department shot 37 people. 27 of those people died. And the Department of Justice found that most of those shootings were unjustified. And per capita, this put the Albuquerque Police Department ahead of the NYPD, which is a much, much, much bigger police force in terms of the number of people killed by police, which is insane when you take into account how much bigger the NYPD is. So how, how did that, what, what happened to make the Albuquerque Police Department the very best at being batshit insane? There's a fantastic Rolling Stone article you can read about the Albuquerque Police Department. Uh, it's on rollingstone.com. It's called When Cops Break Bad. The Albuquerque Police Force Gone Wild. And that is an article from January 29th, 2015, which was written by Nick Pinto. Good job, Nick Pinto. We all appreciate your work. And in this article, they trace what happened with the Albuquerque Police Department back to 2005. In 2005, officers Richard Smith and Michael King were killed in the line of duty when they were going to pick up a man for a mental health evaluation. That man killed him. And King was an academy classmate of then-police chief Ray Schultz. And according to the officers that were interviewed for this article, they say those two deaths were a turning point within the department. One retired officer said the general directive of the, de the department became, you do what you've got to do to go home at night and forget the citizens. That same year, Martin Chavez was running for a third term as mayor, and he promised to hire 100 new Albuquerque Police Department officers to fight the crime in the city. I don't know why else you would hire him. Uh, he won, and the problem was it was hard to fulfill that promise of hiring 100 new cops. So they started cutting corners. And all this time, even before this uh, hiring promise started, keep in mind there's, there's this culture of the people are the enemy that had started to build because of the killings of these two police officers. So you have that happening, and now there's this rush to hire 100 new officers. They start cutting corners. There's one quote from the article. Standards were getting lower and lower. They were hiring people the other agencies in New Mexico wouldn't take. And this cutting corners went so far as people in the department would pressure the psychologists who screened applicants for their mental health evaluations, they would either, they would pressure them to overlook things that came up in that psychiatric exam that would have eliminated them from getting hired. They, they, there was pressure to overlook those things so they could fulfill this promise to hire more police. And even worse, they started skipping background checks and mental exams altogether for lateral hires, which is insane because a lateral hire means it's someone who's moving from, who, who basically already has past experience at one police department and is just moving to another. And 
if you don't think about it too hard, that makes sense. Like, well, he used to be a cop. Of course, he's qualified. But the problem is a lot of these people were fired as cops for various forms of wrongdoing or anything, mental instability. It, it could have been anything. But if you worked at a police department previously, they skipped the background check, skipped the mental health check, let you become a cop. And that's when the shootings by the police really took off. Of those shootings that were reported in that Department of Justice investigation, this one crop of new hires, which that happened in 2007, so maybe 18 months or so after those two cops were shot, of the 27 shootings from that investigation, nine of them were committed by police hired just in that 2007 hiring class. And that's more than twice any other group of officers within that department. So there's, I would argue, or I think anyone would argue, a pretty clear correlation between cutting corners to hire law enforcement officials and increased violence and just general wrongdoing by police when you don't follow the proper procedures to make sure you're hiring the best people instead of hiring unhinged maniacs. So now that now cut to Trump's plan to hire 10,000 more immigrations and customs enforcement agents and 5,000 more border patrol agents. Congress asked John Kelly, who was uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security, about how soon they could accomplish this hiring. And his response was as fast as we can, but he also said we will not lower standards and we will not lower training. And that sounds good, but it only sounds good for as long as Trump agrees. And nothing about the way Trump is carrying out his presidency so far makes me feel like this is something he's going to want to be patient about. And there's precedent for it before. The number of Border Patrol agents actually doubled under both Bush and Obama. The difference is under Bush... Almost all of it happened in the year 2004. They had this big mass hiring where they ended up, again, cutting corners, not doing all of the necessary checks that you would do to hire a person for a job like that. And they ended up getting a lot of problem agents in the fold. And it uh, turned into a big crisis. So there's precedent for the uh, executive branch deciding that more agents need to be hired and then Border Patrol and Immigrations and Customs Enforcement responding to that request by cutting steps from the hiring and recruitment process to fill that demand. And when that happens, just like, which is what happened in Albuquerque with the police, it happened in 2004, according to people working for Homeland Security now, uh, and in every case, it causes problems. So that's kind of what they're facing now with immigrations and customs enforcement. And Sean Moran, who is vice president of the National Border Patrol Council, which is the union that represents Border Patrol agents, he has said in, this is from an article on NPR.org from uh, February 23rd, so just this month, Trump's plan to hire 15,000 Border Patrol and ICE agents won't be easy to fulfill. Go look it up. 
And in that article, Sean Moran, vice president of National Border Patrol Council, says uh, he thinks vetting is necessary, but he's already, if you read this article, looking for ways to cut steps out of the process and make it faster. And specifically, he wants to do away with the polygraph exam that new hires have to pass before they can be hired. According to the Associated Press, two out of three people fail this polygraph. So basically, two out of three people who apply to be Border Patrol agents don't get in. And the union representing those Border Patrol agents wants to do away with that polygraph test, which would significantly cut down the time it would take to hire new applicants. Because for one thing, the test apparently is like eight hours long sometimes, which I'd rather be fucking deported, I think. No, I wouldn't. I mean, unless it was somewhere cool. Like, if I got deported to England or Canada or something, I guess that'd be chill. Oh, that's a tangent. Anyway, uh, so according to the Associated Press, two out of three people fail this exam. And James Tomshek, who's the former head of internal affairs at Customs and Border Protection, he says it's absolutely needed. He says it's been responsible for weeding out applicants who had criminal backgrounds and even some agents who were members of drug cartels that wanted to infiltrate Border Patrol as spies. And he also added that uh, efforts to have some of the questions removed from the exam, quote, is beyond my comprehension. But it's inevitable that that's what's going to happen, whether that's how they cut corners or what way they find to scale back the hiring and recruitment process to fulfill Trump's needs. It's going to have to come to that. Uh, I mean, it happened in 2004. It had to come to that. And even Moran said, like, Moran, the guy who wants these polygraphs eliminated, he's quoted as saying, we want to maintain standards, not like in 2004. But how? How isn't getting rid of that polygraph amount, doesn't that amount to lessening standards? There's another statistic from this article. David Aguilar, who served as Border Patrol chief when the agency doubled in size in 2004, said even then it took 247 days on average from the time of application through the background check and training procedures until a new employee was fully onboarded. And then it took an additional three and a half years for the agency to feel fully confident a new employee had gone through the maturation process. So under those numbers, Trump's not going to get the scary police force of his dictator dreams until after his first term, which you know that's not going to fucking sit well with him. He will want this done probably within a year. I, I feel like waiting till the end of his first term isn't a thing he'd be able to do. And here's, here's the biggest problem. We already don't have as many Border Patrol agents as we're supposed to. When the number of agents doubled under Bush and Obama also, but Obama did it a little more gradually. They're now allotted, before Trump's order, they were allotted 21,000 Border Patrol agents. And so far, they've only been able to fill 16,000 of those positions. So even now, with the standards they have in place, they haven't been able to fill the rest of those jobs. So I I don't know what other choice they're going to have if they have to not only fill from 16,000 to 21,000, but then also add another five to 10,000, depending on department, 
where are these people going to come from? And what are they going to have to do to get them through the process to become Border Patrol or Immigration and Customs agents? It's obviously going to involve some sort of loosening of the guidelines that go into screening applicants. And it will be another situation like the Albuquerque Police Department, where they have this order to fill for these number of new hires, but they also have standards in place that are keeping them from filling that order, and something will have to give. And it's certainly not going to be that Trump doesn't get his agents. So when you take that and add it to what the just the climate of the political climate in this country, who are the people that are going to want those jobs? It's going to be the most ardent of Trump supporters who legitimately, like he uh, wants them to, feel like immigrants are legitimately a threat to this nation and need to be removed at whatever cost. Those are the people that are going to flock to these jobs, and those are the people that they're inevitably going to loosen their hiring standards to get through the system. That, that's a scary proposition. If you've read the, the Authoritarians, like I keep telling you to, it's a great book by Robert Altemeyer. Just Google it. You'll find it. You can read it free online. But people who follow Trump to that degree, people who would authoritarian followers, which is what Trump followers are at, at their core, are, among other things, very prone to violence, especially if it's acts of violence that they're asked to commit by the authority figure that they love so much. So it's a dangerous situation. I'm not, I mean, far be it from me to make predictions about what's going to happen with Trump in the future. But this is definitely a thing to keep an eye on. If you start hearing Trump grumbling about how red tape and restrictions are keeping the country from hiring the agents it needs to keep us safe, start to worry. Because that means Trump is going to start kicking down those regulations and tearing down that red tape so they can hire all of the agents they need. And that's going to put a lot of people who shouldn't be doing the job in that job. And we have Albuquerque to look at to see what happens when a law enforcement department goes down that road. And not only that, but it's, I'm imagining, going to put some strain on local police departments. Because if you remember from the last episode, one of the things he wants to do is basically turn local law enforcement into immigration agents. So police forces that are already doing the jobs they do now are going to have this extra workload of making immigration decisions and putting people into the removal process, that's going to add to workload, which I assume is going to require hiring more police all around the country. So who's to say this doesn't turn into a situation where we not only have lesser restrictions on who they can hire for the federal force that will be dealing with immigration, but also will there be a bunch of little Albuquerques that pop up because they have to hire a bunch of new police to keep up with the, their new immigration workload, but they don't necessarily have 
enough applicants to fill those positions? What will those departments start doing to mobilize the army that's going to be fucking required for Trump to carry out his deportation plans? Like I said, I'm not predicting anything, but keep an eye on it. And uh, if Trump starts talking about red tape and hiring immigration agents, buckle up, America. I mean, you're probably already buckled up. (laughs) This crash is inevitable. Anyway, I guess that was a little shorter than the last couple episodes. If you're in the Los Angeles area, come to the Hollywood Hotel Friday night at 9 p.m. That's March 3rd. And see the Unpops team at the Performing Under the Influence show. We're going to do comedy, and then we're going to go get fucked up, and then we're going to come back and do more comedy. How exciting is that? Also, if you don't already, subscribe to our uh, our podcasts on ConnectPal. They're all fantastic. You get 10 episodes a week. It's just $4.99 a month. Bargain it twice the price, I say. So uh, do that if you haven't. And, you know, go give this podcast good ratings and reviews on iTunes and all the other podcasts on iTunes. Do it all. Do everything. Follow us. Uh, buy me and Jeff's album on cdbaby.com. Just go nuts, man. Just support us hard. Support us so hard. All right. I'm going to get out of here. Thank you, everybody. We love you.